Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Welcome to our podcast. And today, instead of our normal morning podcast, in fact, for a few days, um, I'm taking some messages that have been very special to me on the home and um, putting them into our podcast. Uh, our adult Sunday school lessons lately have been on the home, and our fall program is really on uh, faith and family and fellowship. And so um, today's message is from 2015 when we had a family conference. We had just an amazing time. We brought in um, Dr. Pete Cowling and his son, Kevin Cowling, Pastor Cowling, Pastor Kevin Cowling in um, Valley Baptist Church in Arizona. And uh, their their wives spoke some. But the next couple of days um, in our podcast, I'm having um, messages from this conference. And so these are messages spoken at our church by uh, Dr. Pete Cowling, an incredible, incredible man, and his wife, great, just they're amazing people. So maybe two of the God, most godly people I've ever known in my life. And then Kevin Cowling and his wife, what a great, a great pair having father and son speaking in these next couple of days. So uh, welcome to our podcast, and uh, let's hear the Cowlings as they speak. Watch the clock a little better tonight than I did last night. Man, I was just having a good time talking away, and I talked a little too long away, I think. But uh, so I tell you, it's a great life serving the Lord. I mentioned uh, this afternoon at the luncheon there were there were a lot of fears I had when I left my mom and dad and kind of my family back in Indiana and came to Arizona back 18 years ago. And one of the great fears I had was for my children, I, maybe the greatest fear. I uh, I wanted my kids to enjoy what I had enjoyed. I, of course, uh, being there at First Baptist and at Hammond Baptist Schools and all that, that was there to offer. But I tell you what... Um, you just do the will of God, and God's able to provide for every need. And uh, just trust the Lord. I, it was difficult for my parents uh, to not necessarily allow us to go, but I guess to kind of get that in their mind that it was God's will for, for me to move 1,800 miles away. And I don't think they cared if I left. They just didn't want me to take my kids. And uh, But... I was thinking about this here recently. Um, my children, my oldest three children, have spent more time with my mom and dad over the past several years than they've spent with me. Uh, they've been back there at college, and they're with them all the time. And uh, God is able to work everything out. You just, my, my kids, we haven't, listen, we have missed a thing. And uh, God knows exactly what we need. He knows where we need to be. And we've just got to be sensitive to the Lord and uh, trust the Holy Spirit of God. Proverbs chapter 15 in your Bibles, if you would. I want to f- try to finish up tonight. Again, if you, don't, if you don't have the book, Rearing Kids with Character, five bucks is not much to put down and, and uh, to get something that will help you or maybe encourage you. Proverbs chapter 15. And I think I only got through four points last night, but I'll, I'll get through these others tonight. I've got four or five more points here that uh, we'll talk through real quick. Just what my parents taught me and what our home was like growing up. And uh, I wish 
I was, uh, I could be as good a dad as my dad was to me. I work at it. I, I've tried to pattern our home after uh, the home that God allowed me to have. Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 13 says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but the sorrow of the heart, or by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. Verse 15, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. My parents taught me that home is a years. I don't remember exactly how many uh, years, but we didn't have a television in the house. When we did have a television, we didn't have, uh, I think antenna didn't work too good or much, but we, we'd watch a few things here and there, maybe usually videos, but they always had rules on that too. In the summertime, we could only watch uh, two hours of TV a day, I think it was. I don't remember what the rule was exactly when we had a television. But some of the best memories I have are when the TV was off and we'd just all be together uh, just doing homework. Sometimes we'd be in the same room and I'd be working on something and my brother and sister would be working on something and mom, dad would be working on the checkbook and mom would be sewing or doing something over here. But we spent a lot of time together in the same room, especially in the wintertime. Um, we, uh, my dad liked to save money and so he kept the uh, thermostat pretty low in the wintertime there. Uh, some mornings in the house, it was like 58 degrees in the house and uh, Man, it makes that's why I didn't want to get out of bed, Dad, uh, because uh, it was so cold. But uh, I I can remember a lot of winter nights. We had a wood burning stove in the basement, and uh, we'd we'd get that thing going. And boy, the the basement would be warm if nothing else was in the house. Maybe that was a secret plan that you had to get everybody together down the basement. But uh, a lot of times we just spent. Uh, together in the evenings. We enjoyed being together. I'm, I'm being honest. I'll tell you if I'm lying again tonight. But we, as children, I think if you ask any of us, we wanted to be at home. We did. If we hadn't, now we were busy. We were at church. Every time the doors were open, I, I, I think I mentioned that last night. It wasn't, my dad, we never took a vote. If it was time to go to church, my dad never said, who wants to go to church tonight? That's laughable, honestly. I, to me, it is. We were going to church. If there was anything going on at church, we were going to be there. If there was a teen activity, we were going to be there. And uh, we were busy. We were a lot of different places. We got older. We had more things to do. But anytime we had a night off, we just wanted to be at home. We, we enjoyed spending time together and uh, just fellowshipping together. Here's an idea. We ate meals together. Uh, so important. I'm sure your pastor has stressed this uh, to you, but uh, it was a time to talk and a time to relive the day. There was no television on uh, when we would uh, have meals together, and uh, they still do as adults. The ones that are close enough by every Monday night, they mentioned this afternoon in the in the luncheon that the adult children, their grandchildren, come over there each Monday night and have a meal together. And uh, so, so many things that my parents did to make our home life enjoyable. It was a place we wanted to come. It was a haven. It was a, it was a fun place. It was a happy place. My dad spent a lot of time when I was younger playing ball with me. And I still remember asking my dad to play ball one time. He liked to take naps. I never understood why adults like to take naps until I became an adult. And, uh, but uh, my dad was laying on the couch taking a nap one time. And, and I said, Dad, you want to throw, throw the baseball with me? And he said, shh, I'm asleep. And I always thought, how could my dad be asleep and be talking to me like that? 
but that I just remember that. But most of the time, uh, a lot of times, my dad would spend time playing ball with me. We'd play. He'd throw the football with us. He'd take me to the park and hit me fly. I loved to shag fly balls. Loved baseball when I was growing up. And uh, just so many things that they would do. He mentioned last night going rafting, and we'd go on trips together. He'd take us to ball games and and different things, things that weren't sinful, but uh, a lot of lot of good memories. Uh, just working on homework together. Of course, science projects. I mentioned that last night. My mother, uh, in the summertime when my father was gone, traveling with the uh, college tour group, my mom would work to make our home an exciting place. And it takes work, parents. It. If you're going to spend time with your kids, it means you're not going to be able to do something else during that time. And my my mom spent a lot of time. We She bought tennis rackets. I don't know where we got them. I think we went down to Kmart or somewhere and got some tennis rackets. And we needed a whole bunch of tennis balls uh, because we got tired of chasing them over the fence. Uh, but... Uh, my mom, bless her heart, she'd take me to the park and uh, when I was a teenager, and she'd try to play tennis with me. And she was a pretty good athlete when she was younger, I guess. Uh, but uh, I wasn't very good at tennis either. But we laughed a lot and tried to play tennis together. She'd try to hit me fly balls, and that's why we played tennis, I think. Uh, but uh, anyway, a, a lot of lot of things that we did. My mother would work at it, and uh, she would... We would go to the to the dunes there and hike over the dunes to Lake Michigan, and we'd have a picnic lunch, and we'd do special things like that just to make memories. Of course, not to even speak of all the different holidays that we had, and they were special at our house, and they were times of of uh, making memories and having fun. Uh, we had uh, a lot of things. My mother would allow us to play Nerf in the entryway of our house. If you ever came to our house when we were growing up, as soon as you open the front door, there's a closet right there. And I think all the years that I was growing up there, there was a Nerf hoop poked on that door. And me and my brother had all kinds of interesting games of horse and different ways that we could shoot the ball off the wall and off the door and off this, all this kind of jumping down the stairs shoot. And, uh, but it was something, I guess, that wasn't the most attractive thing in the house. When you walked in, my mother taught home decorating at the college. And I, I don't know if she ever took it down when she she had her class come over uh, to show the house off. But it was something that she allowed us to do because our home was not a museum. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a place of, of family and a place where she was raising the children. We, of course, were allowed to, to play ball uh, in the front yard. For a lot of years, we had a ping pong table in the living room. You remember that? We had a formal living room and the ping pong table was there. And uh, we'd leave it there for months at a time just so we could enjoy that time together. Uh, she used to, when we were younger, we'd make tents over the she'd take blankets and put them over the table and we'd camp out with tents and have our lunch and different things under there um all kinds of things mom and dad taught me that home was a priority family was a priority and it it ought to be a place where it's enjoyable and where it's happy and there's fun Uh, even bible story time we'd have fun and they they uh listen if you learn to laugh at yourself you always have something to laugh at and uh we we had learned to laugh at ourselves. we had a good time and a lot of time that we spent uh, just together enjoying each other's company and so many things I could say on this. Of course, my dad coming to every ball game that I ever played in. And I always played sports and we were always involved in different things, but my dad never missed a game and he was always the loudest one on the sidelines. And uh, when I played soccer all the way through, my dad would always be uh, saying, kick shin, soup. And uh, he only got kicked out of one soccer game, I think, by the referee uh, in all the years that he went. But uh, he was he was always there for me and made the effort. And uh, we had a lot of things. I won't get into all those. But uh, your home ought to be a happy place. 
your home ought to be a place where there's laughter and a place where your kids want to come. Number six, uh, my parents taught me that God blesses faithfulness. Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Uh, and I watch my parents. My parents are two of the most, if I had to describe my parents uh, with just a few words, I think faithful would be one of them or consistent would be one of them. My parents are the most consistent Christians that I know. They are just faithful. I, I've said to a lot of uh, different people, my parents are old school. I, they just, they show up. They don't miss. My mom and dad, they, I don't guess they missed a day of teaching in 38 years. I, I don't think one, not one day. They're always there. Now, my mother's passed out in class before, but she showed up. And uh, they're just, they are so faithful. And they've, they've provided a pattern of faithfulness for myself and for us. And I'm not saying it's, uh, not everybody has the same health. I understand all that. And health issues do come. But my parents battled through so much. And they wouldn't let anything just keep them out of church or keep them from their duty or get them discouraged or get them sidetracked. My dad took a, a bus route in Crown Point, Indiana, 38 years ago. Now, if you've been to Crown Point, two things about it. Number one, it's a long way from Hammond. If you go, and I know you guys run some bus routes a long way too, but um, it, it's it's a long distance. I maybe one of the furthest ones from the church. The other thing is, the, you know, there's the the people that live there, mostly middle class and upper middle class, and. My dad, we knocked doors there, and it, it wasn't the easiest area to build a bus route, but my dad chose that area, or somebody chose it for him, and he's faithful. He stuck it out, and he's still on that bus route, still in that same area, and God's given him so much fruit through these years, and, of course, now they have many other bus routes that they help to oversee, but uh, they are so faithful. One Sunday, I remember... We had a blizzard, and uh, I was a younger child. I can't remember what year it was, but it seemed like it was about 40. I, I, I don't want to exaggerate these things, but it was way below zero. And I remember with the wind chill, it was 70 or 80 degrees below zero on that Sunday morning. Of course, it was a bad Saturday as well. And we went to church that day. We It was the one Sunday I think we couldn't run buses. I don't think they let us. Did we? Okay, he did run a bus, but I remember getting to church, and of course, in First Baptist Auditorium, 5,000 seats, there might have been just a few hundred people that were there, and, but guess what? We were some of them, and the reason, now, the reason we were some of them is because my dad got up every hour that night and started the van. Every hour, woke up, set his alarm, go start it, make sure it's going to run, let it run for a few minutes, shut it back off. And, uh, but that's, that's just typical of my parents. They were always in their place. They were always faithful. They were consistent. They were, they, again, uh, now, of course, I'm grown, and, but my parents are still going and still serving and still doing what they've done. It's, it's easy to quit. It takes determination to be faithful, but God blesses faithfulness. God blesses people that'll stay at it. And you have folks like that here in your church. And what an encouragement they are to me and I know to your pastor. Number seven, I want to hurry. Number seven, my parents taught us to give our best at whatever we attempted and never quit. To give our best and never quit. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Colossians 3.23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily. 
as unto the Lord from the heart and not unto men. How many times? Again, they stress this to us. We were expected, I mentioned last night, we were given jobs to do. And, and those jobs, of course, may be uh, adequate for our age level, but we're expected to do our best. And uh, my parents, they'd figure it out. They knew what we could do and what was expected of us. And if, if we didn't try our best or if we didn't do our best at cleaning our room, I mentioned making our bed. Uh, if we didn't make our bed and it wasn't good enough, we had to make all the beds in the house. And uh, I, I, I remember sometimes when I was playing sports, of course, my dad was at all the games. And it wasn't an end all. We had to win. And I didn't have to be the best player on the, on the field. But I, I, I'm pretty uh, competitive would you agree with that? And uh, we, we played miniature golf today, and I think they might agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty competitive, and when we would lose or I didn't play well, I would be heartbroken, and I'd be angry sometimes after the game. But I remember my dad oftentimes putting his hand on my shoulder and saying, Son, look at me. Do you do your best? Do you give your best? And I'd be honest with him. And I'd tell him, Yeah, I did. He said, That's all you can do then. That's all you can do. Uh, when I was wrestling, um, uh, my dad mentioned, I think last night I wrestled uh, three years in high school. And, and my first year, I, of course, I took some lumps and I was pretty discouraged. And I was going to wrestle at uh, a tournament or no, it wasn't a tournament, it was just a dual meet. And there was a guy there I was going to wrestle that I already wrestled once. And he looked like Hulk Hogan to me. I mean, this guy, I didn't think there was any way he could be in my weight category, but he was apparently. And and uh, I was I was a little bit discouraged and a little bit down. But I, I got to the wrestling meet and... I opened my gym bag, and I was praying, you know, I, I was praying, oh, God, help me. Give me power like you did Samson, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> asking God for his strength and his help and looking for a slingshot and some rocks or something, you know. And, but in the locker room there, I opened my gym bag, and there was a new sweatshirt my dad had bought me and put it on top, and on top of that sweatshirt, there was a three-by-five card. And all the three-by-five cards said was, Dear son, you've done all you can do physically, spiritually, and mentally, and I'm proud of you. And boy, I tell you, after I read that note, it was like my dad notices my work. He knows my sincerity. And it lifted a big weight off my shoulders. And it turned out that night the guy didn't make weight or didn't make grades or something. And I got to wrestle the backup guy, and that was a great highlight. I pinned him in like 11 seconds. So... Uh, it was all due to my dad's three-by-five note, I think. But I, I do know this, that that meant a lot to me. And my dad taught me to give my best and taught me to never quit. Another wrestling story. Um, I, was, I was discouraged one time in wrestling. And, boy, I was just frustrated with it. And I cut and weight and put, wearing plastic bags and turning the shower on and getting in, doing jumping jacks in the bathroom, trying to cut weight. And I, a lot of, lot of Most matches I would lose six pounds the night before. I don't even know if they'll let you do it anymore. I don't know all these things they have now but I would lose six pounds the night before a match so I could weigh in make weight the next day and then once you make weight you can do whatever you want to after that one tournament I, that tournament you were talking about today at Fairhaven I weighed in at 119 pounds in the morning and I went home that night I weighed 132 amen and uh, but uh, after you weigh in you could just do whatever you want and eat as much as you want but uh, I told my mom, I said, Mom, I, man, I'm just so fed up with all this. I'm frustrated I'm trying to lose weight. And my mother used a little reverse psychology on me. And she said, what about my 16, 17-year-old boy talking about quitting? I thought you were a man. I thought you were becoming a man. And I, all this time, now you're just a little boy and can't take a little adversity. And, boy, some steam started coming out of my ears. And I thought, man, I tell you what, I'll be out there. You come watch me. I'll be out there wrestling. 
And you could make me quit now if you wanted to. But um, they taught us not to quit. If something's worth doing, it's worth finishing. And uh, we weren't allowed to quit anything. That's, that's growing up. We, we couldn't quit shoots and ladders. How many ever wanted to quit that? How many ever want to put a gun to your head playing that game? And, uh, but uh, that, we couldn't quit. That's the truth. I, uh, I tried to do the same thing with my kids. One of my kids had the habit whenever he's playing a board game and he, he got way behind, he'd all of a sudden, you know, move his leg or his arm. Whoops, I messed up the hall. Man, messed the whole board up. But uh, we weren't allowed to quit. And uh, it started, listen, quitting's contagious. And quitting becomes a habit. And you let your children quit. I'm talking about just if we ever started. There were some things that my parents let us decide if we wanted to do. Now, some things they would just tell us, you're going to do this. But there were other things. If we decided we were going to do it, then my, my parents would tell me, you're going to finish it. If you set out to do it, you're fin- you ain't quitting. And I tell you, it's hard for me to quit anything now uh, because it's something that's been drilled into my head. And... Uh, I, even my wife is that way. She won't give up cigarettes. She just said, I'm not going to quit. And no, I'm just kidding on that. Uh, but uh, you, uh, you, you, you ought to teach your children to give their best at what they do. And their best may not be what their siblings' best is. I, that was a question that was asked today. I, I don't remember my parents ever comparing me to my brother. Of course, I would have come out so far ahead if that would have been the case. But... Um, or any of us. I, I don't remember that. And, I, of course, I try not to do that with my kids. But we were expected to give our best. And my parents knew us well enough. They knew what our best was. And um, in grades, in school, grades are important. They do show a level of work and diligence. But uh, for some kids, the best they can do might be a B in that class. But they ought to be doing their best. Amen. And they ought not quit. And uh, for some a child that can get an A and they get a B, that's not their best. And uh, anyway, that was expected of us. My parents taught us that. Number eight, I got to hurry. They taught us that chastening is for my good and that God chastens those who don't obey. My, my dad expected obedience. But when, when my dad disciplined us, and there was corporal punishment in our home, and you can get the book and look up the verses. I'm sure your pastor's provided these for you too, but uh, here's just some references if you want to jot them down. Proverbs 13, 24, Proverbs 19, verse 18, Proverbs 22, 6, Proverbs 22, 18, Proverbs 29, 15, and there are others that you can look up. But um, my parents taught us that they would chasten us because they represented God. And dads, you, we need to understand as fathers in the home, you represent God to your children. And you represent the Lord Jesus Christ to your wife. That's a pretty high standards. And my, my parents, we would, we, would get, uh, we would get spankings. And I can still hear my dad's belt coming through them belt loops, you know. And I'd put a shutter down my <laughs> inside of me. My dad would say, son, lean over that bed. You better put your hands on You put your hands back behind you. You're going to add another one every time you do that. And my dad meant business when he did it. But I also knew my dad loved me. My dad always took time to pray with us. My dad would always take time to look us in the eye and tell us that he loved us. And my mother, the same way, when I was younger, of course, she a lot of times would administer corporal punishment when we needed it. When we were young, when I got to be a little older, of course, she'd say, wait till your dad gets home. And uh, that was always a joyous time. Uh, but um, I, I, I'd have to face my dad. And I knew, I knew what was coming. When my parents made a, a, a rule, they didn't, 
They didn't bend it. They didn't, they didn't, I never heard my parents say, all right, one, you better get over here. One, two, two and a quarter, two and a half, two and three quarters, two and seven. God deliver us from that. My, my parents expected us to come when we called, when they called us. And, uh, they, they were, they put in the time, of course, to, to discipline us and do it scripturally. My mother, of course, would write notes. I mentioned that today, and I'd, I'd rather get beat half to death than my mother write me notes. And uh, those notes would cut to the heart, and please, Mom, have mercy. And, uh, but the Bible is clear. We've got to discipline our children, but we must discipline in love. We use God's discipline in the home. Um, my parents used to tell me uh, what you've all heard. You know, son, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And I'd always say, well, let me try that side over there and uh, give me that belt for a minute. No, I didn't ever say that, but uh, I didn't understand it. But I never understood it until I had children of my own. And guess what I say to my kids or have said to my kids? Well, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And they probably thought I was lying. But you'll learn one of these days when you have kids. Um, my parents taught me that they represented God. And the reason that they chastened us was so that we would be willing to obey God and be yielded to God. God's chastening is far worse than anything they could do. And uh, we, we, they wanted us to obey God and be yielded and humble before God. And they stressed that over and over again. My mother, I don't think she ever disciplined me without quoting Proverbs to me. My mother's like the walking book of Proverbs. And uh, she knows, and I had to write some of those verses. I had to learn some of those verses. I had to say some of those verses. I had to quote those verses to her. But it was all about preparing us to obey God. And my parents worked it. i got to hurry. Number next, I think this number nine, whatever number it is. They taught us, of course, the plan of salvation, and they led us to Christ early. I'll, I'll not spend a lot of time on this, but again, you can read their books. Children's hearts are naturally open to the gospel. Children are naturally trusting. Uh, Matthew 18, 3, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Children have a natural faith. That's why you have to teach your kids, don't go with strangers. If somebody offers you candy, you can't go with them because kids will trust. And I think we're wise to, uh, again, not, we're not talking about trying to rush them into anything, but give them the gospel early and teach them about Christ and teach them, have them in church and sing the songs of God. Jesus said to the children or to the disciples, suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them, let them come, let them come. And, of course, I think one of the keys that we had in our home, and maybe it goes without saying, is that we were saved early uh, in life. And we came to know Christ, and we knew the gospel message early, early in life. Number 10, they taught us that serving God is the most exciting life in all the world. And this may be key. My parents, they, uh, serving, serving the Lord together as a family was fun. It, it was fun. We had, I, I never heard him complain, and they never whined or moaned about having to do something for church in special days, and we'd have special days, and there were some crazy days that we had growing up, and big days and things. I remember when I was very young, my dad, we had a bus route uh, at our church in Tennessee, and we'd go to an area called the Bungalow, and my dad would take one side of the street, me and my older sister would take the other side of the street, and uh, my dad says when we knocked on the door on the other side of the street, about made him fall over because we were so loud. Wham! Wham, 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 knocking on that door. My dad's like, well, good night. And uh, we were pretty bold. But uh, my dad never 
He never uh, chastised us for for zealous mistakes, and I'm sure we made a lot of mistakes. But he allowed us. They allowed us to have part in the ministry, and they made us feel important. When we were on the bus, they'd give us jobs to do, and and they they'd say, "Well, you're my mother." Like I mentioned last night, you're the man of the bus, and you're going to have to tell the story on the bus. You're going to have to preach. I'm, I, you know, and she knew a lot more of the Bible than I did. She knew more about kids than I did, but she she wanted me to feel important and feel needed on the bus, and that was true for all of us and for every one of us. It, it was an exciting time. We what we would talk about a lot of times when we get together, and even to this day at meal times, is serving the Lord together. We talk about times on the bus and crazy time. One time my, my brother, we had a, a boy on our bus named Jack. And uh, you remember that? He was pretty, he, yeah, he was pretty heavy. And he called himself Fat Jack. So we didn't do it. His brother was Big Dave and he was Fat Jack. But uh, so we weren't making fun of him. That's what's what he went by. That's what they called him. That's, I don't know if his parents called him that or not, but that's what he called himself. And uh, he went to class with my brother one time, and uh, we had to, they would, uh, my parents would have us take the new writers to class and sit with them in class and take them to Sunday school. And and, uh, we learned, you know, that was expected. That's what we're supposed to do. Well, Keith took Fat Jack to to his department, and the only thing was Jack had something. I don't know if it was his Bible or something, but he dropped it on the floor, and he got up to, to pick it up right there on the front row of the department, and his pants weren't quite uh, tight enough. And he kind of mooned the whole department there. And, uh, but, uh, my, my brother still, we laugh about that now. I don't know if my brother was laughing then. My brother's probably ready to climb under the chair then, but we, it's, there are a lot of exciting things that come when you serve the Lord. A uh, lot of lot of times, things we could look back at, and I could tell you some other stories uh, <laughs> that I'll, I won't get into all this, but my dad, when I rode the bus with my dad to church for many, many years, a bus captain, he would always have a name, a special name for treats on the bus. And just to make it fun, he'd make it exciting. He, We didn't have like uh, chocolate-covered peanut butter balls or whatever those things. I don't know what you call them, but on our bus, they were peanut butter beetle eggs. And my dad would make up these stories. It's called lying. Uh, but my dad would make up these stories about how he went down the swamp and he found this beetle's nest and he got these, you know, eggs and he, and this is what they were. We, we wouldn't have brownies on the bus. What were they, like swamp patties or something like that? And uh, my dad talked about going down to the pond and scooping out that swamp mud, you know, and making that. We didn't have donuts on the bus. Us. We have Duff Nuts on the bus. And my dad would always say, how do you say T-O-U-G-H, tough? And how do you say R-O-U-G-H, rough? How do you say D-O-U-G-H, duff? All right, these are Duff Nuts. And my dad would always... My dad would always say well, that the best part of this duff nut is the hole in the middle. And so don't drop the hole on the ground, you know, that invisible hole. And he would show you how to suck it out, you know. And he, he, we, we didn't have oatmeal cream pies. We had underarm pop-open patties, my dad. And he'd take those, those cases and put them on his arm, pop them open. You know, the air would come out like that. And uh, just, just to make things enjoyable and make – and you – you don't have to use all these same things, but it was something. You say, why did he do all that? Probably because he needed to laugh. I don't know. And uh, laughter does good like a medicine. The Bible says, Mary Hart doeth good like a medicine. And uh, we didn't have M&Ms on the bus. We had W&Ws. My dad turned them upside down and said, no, these are not M&Ms. These are W&Ws. And uh, all kinds of things that, uh, 
that, that we would do. Our skits, we, uh, we worked um, Oriental Junior Church. It's, uh, I don't know what it's called now and what exactly they do now. But they started a ministry for Asian people in Chicago. And, and uh, a lot of the kids were coming to that uh, junior church. And we did skits in there. Now, uh, me and my brothers, and, or, yeah, my brother and some of the other guys, we had fun. And uh, we, I don't know if the kids enjoyed the skits, but I know we did. And uh, we, we had a lot of fun uh, coming up with different things. But they made us feel important. They gave us jobs to do. We prayed together. We rejoiced together. Uh, when we get together on Monday night, I say, what in the world you talk about? This is a lot what we talk about. And uh, it was a great life serving the Lord. And it's even better when you serve God together with your family. And so learn to have fun. And uh, you'll be glad you did. My parents, of course, two of the greatest Christians I know. And I, I hope you get a chance to know them. I think most of you know them pretty well. But uh, they are they are just genuine people, consistent Christian people, and and I'm just uh, I'm thrilled. I know it's all of God. My, I was talking to my wife about that this today. Uh, it's only by God's grace and God's mercy that we can have solid, consistent, uh, joyful families. I understand that it's. Um, it's by God's grace. But there are principles that are given in the Word of God. And if we would take those principles and apply them uh, to our lives and in our homes, they work. Man, you, you can have, I, it doesn't matter what your family may have been like. If you'll follow the plan that God has and fo- take the ingredients that God has for you and put them in, you'll like the end result. But it's just a matter of trusting the Lord. Thank you for giving me that time.